like spring dogs Cracked it already. It? Look at that. <laughs> Gee, that it's like you did that on purpose almost. Did you? Impeccable timing. Well, he's, <laughs> he can't even talk. While he's swallowing down a piece of Jack, Jack Link's jerky. jerky. I was talk. polite enough to finish my snack before the show started. Clay's having a big drink of Coca-Cola. <laughs> yep. We got a fourth in the room today. Uh-oh. Yeah. It's a female's voice if you want to know. <laughs> Who is you? I'm Ainsley Woodward. Ainsley Woodward. Woodard? No. There's another W in there, bud. Woodward? Wood <laughs> <laughs> no. Wood Woodward? Yes. Woodward. Yes. You guys all know Jared out there. This is Jared's oldest daughter, I believe. Oldest? Are you the oldest? Only. She's the only. Only. Yeah, so you were right. Yeah. I thought you had a sister. No. I'm an only child. That'd be your mom. Wow. That's your mom. <laughs> You're an only child. That explains a lot about the trip that we just had a few and weeks Jared, ago. And the Jared's her dad explains oh my God. the rest I never of knew that. I thought you had a sister this whole time. Probably nope. your mom. So that's why you have four like horses and a rodeo because they're mm -hmm. compensating for not giving you a sibling to uh, go through life with. Wow. A yeah. lot of, I just, I didn't like you when I met you a couple weeks ago. Now I understand. No, that's nice. That's really nice. Thanks. <laughs> I really did think you had a sister. That's weird. That's funny. Ainsley got her first mule deer last week, and we're gonna. Or it's been more than a week. I shouldn't have said three, last week. Three weeks. Like, three weeks ago. Yeah. I don't know why Wait. it took her so long to come on the show and no, explain. Well, I mean, with all my horses, uh, <laughs> not, not a lot of time. Nothing about school or <laughs> anything like that. All my horses. How many horses do you have? Three. Three horses. You're big into rodeo. Yeah. What do you do for the rodeo? I do barrel racing, pole bending, breakaway roping, and light rifle shooting. Light rifle shooting. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody out there what light rifle shooting is. So lots of people think it's a shooting off of horses. It's not. It's totally, it's a different location, and it's mostly for people who can't afford horses or really just don't have that time to take care of horses, but they still want to be a part of rodeo. They can go to the rodeos and shoot, and it's just light 22 rifles at 50 yards, three different positions, positions, standing, kneeling, and prone. And um, you just competition shoot, or we also have trap shooting. So you don't get to shoot off of a horse? No. That would be cool if you did, right? Yeah. We always make the joke that there'd be a lot of dead horses and dead kids because it's bad. You're a lot like your father. <laughs> I've been told that. <laughs> and how do you score? So... The targets have four um, scoring targets in each, and you shoot three uh, rounds in each target. So each paper for each round should have 12 targets in it, and it's scored by whatever ring your round lands in, 10, 9, 8, and then you add all of them up, and that's I heard you did you good last week at your last rodeo. I did. I broke 300. 306, Ooh. right? Yes. 308, 306. 306. And is this a scoped rifle or open sight? Scoped, but you can only go to 10 power. Mm. So I'm going to let the cat out of the bag, and I know, and I've seen you shoot before. One of the most interesting things is no rest, mm -hmm. right? You're, when you when you shoot standing, you have to freehand. When you shoot kneeling, you're freehand. And when you even when you're prone, you're not allowed to have like a bipod or anything like that. You're actually leaning back yeah. prone, which yeah. I think that it makes it. 10 times as hard it does make it really hard but in in kneeling you can kind of rest your forearm on your knee which helps but standing you can't do anything it's all just muscle and strength really so what should you shoot veterans yeah. how long do you have to shoot uh so you have 12 minutes to shoot your prone 12 minutes to shoot your kneeling and then 18 minutes to shoot your standing and just quick interjection if i did my math 360 is max score yes so three tens on all four targets in all three mm -hmm. positions, and you were over 300? Yes. So that wow. basically means you didn't miss a mark. You you scored every every shot. Yeah. Because there's a distinct possibility that you shoot outside of the rings and you get nothing. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, if you don't get in the scoring ring, wow. you don't get anything. No, she did really well. That's and really and what's even crazier, I was just about to say, what position should you shoot the best in? Typically, what do people shoot the best in? Prone. Because you're more stable on, you mm -hmm. know, right? And what did you shoot best in the other day when you got your 306? Kneeling. So theoretically, you should have shot a hell of a lot better, according to your dad. Yeah. Better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
because you didn't shoot as good prone, which if you yeah. would have just did normal prone, you would have been maybe 315, 320 even or, or what, you know. So when you put it all together. Yeah, prone be, was a mess for doing... me. When you, when you get back home, tell your dad to sit down and pull up on YouTube the movie um, Eight Seconds. And About Lane Frost? Yes, and there's a scene in there when he wins the world title. You know, the first thing his dad says back to him, now it's all about if you can win it again. It's about staying yeah. on top or something. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what's your best you've ever shot in competition? For was shooting is the 306. 306 was the best. Mm-hmm. Nice. You just did that last week? Yeah. And there was only, you lost to one person, right? You shot a 307? Yes. Mm-hmm. She shot. She was, took second. Oh, you lost! And shot oh, wow. to a guy. It was so to, close to a guy who shot yeah. three hundred seven. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's my one of like the biggest competitors. Except we have two other people that came in who are also really good. But it was super close. It was three hundred seven, three hundred six, and then three hundred five. Wow! Yeah. And it's never been that close before. Ever since I've done it. So, so pole do- bending is when you <laughs> fish off of a horse. <laughs> <laughs> how about no. how about on that? Just to see where the nerves were there. Um, did you know what score to beat? Did he shoot before you and you were aware of a 307? No. So when you're shooting, all of you guys are shooting together. Okay, in so fact, it's just you're trying to do as good as you possibly yes. can. Yep. In yep. fact, the guy who beat me was right next to me. And so him and I were kind of watching each other. And like during standing, him and I were kind of mimicking each other's motions and everything <laughs> like that. It was fun. Is that is that your favorite thing to do is the shooting portion of the rodeo? Or do you like the horse thing? I mean, I like shooting because... I've just I've shot for a long time, but my favorite is probably pole bending because of my crazy mare. She Three, just makes it fun. S- seven? How many poles? Seven? Six. Six poles. I don't even know what pole bending so is. So pole to be bending with you guys. six poles are in a line. The first one is thirty yards from the I, start. Yeah, I believe. I think it's so. thirty yards and so they you run out and you go through the poles. Oh, like how the little dogs little do weed do dog, thing? Yeah. and then and then back through weaving and then sprinting to the end. So you go, you got to go through them twice and then sprint to the end. They don't do that at the Reno Rodeo, at no. least on any of the thing I've said. So the, no. the only women's is, is um, breakaway now and uh, barrel barrels. Barrels, obviously. Do you like yeah. doing barrels? Yeah. I mean, it isn't my best event right now, um, but it's still fun. I like it. And I just got a barrel horse, so I'm waiting to see how she does. Do you wear a helmet or a cowboy hat? Cowboy hat. That's Resist all. Your, mm-hmm. your, your cool points just went up. <laughs> but it's funny because the couple rodeos I've been to, she'll come out, you know, flying, and there goes the hat. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hard to hide all your hair under a hat and make it stay on tight. Yeah. <laughs> Lately, it hasn't fallen off ever. Like well, that's the, good. this entire season, it's nice. So a three oh six. So then, what you did on that deer hunt was a piece of cake. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, it felt like. How a many piece yards of cake? was your shot? 464. And you're using a 6.5 Creedmoor, if I remember correctly? Yeah. No, but, you shot the 243. What was it? 243. Oh, yeah. It was my 243. 243. Wonderful. So was that a... Uh, you had to change some adjustments on your scope and such? No. Well, you her mean, dad you mean did for it. dialing. Her yeah, dad yeah. did. Oh it yeah, for yeah, yeah. Her. For <laughs> yeah. for the dope chart. Oh for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her mm-hmm. dad did it for her for sure. Well, mm-hmm. they've been shooting. No, yeah, she she's a thousand yard, twelve hundred yeah. yard shooter. She's been shooting like I. It's amazing what she can do. Really, I'll go out with them, and she's just like. Mm. It's yeah. Crazy. So, you, but you know, at those distances, you're you're, yeah, you're there's bullet drop and things like that. So at four hundred, mm-hmm. what do we say? Four sixty four. There was some bullet drop there for a 243. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, so a little adjustment. What it was? 90, huh? I'm pretty sure it's the 95 grain. I, I, 95 I grain. emailed everybody when she, we got back what, what everything was. It's um, a pretty good to our sponsors. Uh, pretty good drop, 243 out of 460. Yeah. yeah. It, the shot felt easy because I got a rest, and I'm so used to in competition not getting a rest. Were you anything. laying down? No, I was kneeling on a rock. Over the top of a rock, yeah. yeah she had a, unbelievable. But the good thing about it is, obviously, I mean, I was right there. Uh, how the deer was, never knew we, we were there. And he just was going about his business, eating buck brush, eating grass, whatever. And he would get there, and okay, we're, everybody's on, got two cameras, got every, you know, had to get everything perfect. And by the time everything was perfect, he'd walk on or turn a little bit or whatever. So, And there was one time she was like, 
I'm about to pull, and he moved. Mm-hmm. And so she got her nerves up, 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 which was, I think, probably the best thing for her because, you know, on your first mm-hmm. deer, regardless of how good of a shot you are, there's still buck fever. Buck fe- did you get buck fever? A little bit. Like, the first time, I was kind of like, okay, okay, like, First I'm ready, time you I'm saw him in your scope? Yeah. I'm, I'm ready. And then he went behind a bush, and I got to calm down for a second, got to move and get comfortable again. And then he came out again, and I was ready, 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 and then he moved again, and so I got to relax like three times but then i was kind of over i'm like okay we're getting it this next time and the next time he came out i got him bingo so ex- expand mm-hmm. on that i'm interested in a in a first time hunter the first time harvesting a big game animal you know kind of what if you had to define that buck fever probably a little bit a di- little bit different what would you, what was that nerves what was it about well i just kind of like felt my heart racing and just i was more excited i felt like because um, I was just excited that we saw one and that I got to do this. So I just, I felt like I was more excited really than nervous. And then that kind of caused me to get those nerves. Like, cause I was so excited. It caused me to. And I mean, it's a good, it's a good buck. You know, my, my first deer was a forked horn that, you know, you could barely put a pencil in between the, or you could the rest same thing a pencil with her dad. in between her dad the dad has a little forked horn, yeah. you know, and I have a little buck. Um, you know, I have a actually pretty decent buck for my first one, but. I, oh, so well, you, I was, then you can't relate to us. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, mine's 170. No, just joking. Uh, what I was going to say, I think she didn't get as nervous as a first-time buck hunter would just because she has to deal with the nerves of the rodeo, of all mm-hmm. the competition. Like she said, yeah, a guy sitting right next to her, and it's pressure, pressure, pressure. Yeah, yeah. And her dad is a lot of pressure on her. Oh, he's um, a lot of pressure. But that, my counter to that is we, I mean, in a different context, we grew up playing sports and winning and losing and being in a batter's but, box. But shooting so competition. Your dad yeah. didn't say Seeing, every other able word. to control your nerves when you're breathing hard, when you're excited. That I mean, that yeah. goes a long That's way. That's what I would hone in on is the fact yeah. that you've done so much practicing with at long distances and stuff. Was there any, did you ever have any on your stock in as you're looking at the animal in your scope? Did you have any hesitation about what you were about to do as far as taking an animal's life did that ever kind of come into your mind as a a first time taking a big game animal no not really to be honest because i that's good like i talked to my dad about this for years because this was the first time and after putting in multiple years i was just really excited that i finally get the chance to do this and yeah because this this is your third year right yeah third year that you put in but first mm-hmm. tag yes have you shot ducks and geese or chucker or coyotes or anything like that nope rabbit nope first an- that's the first animal in yeah. general really yeah well oh. my dad would we had a lot of rabbits in our backyard but he would go and shoot them because <laughs> he he's your dad yeah yeah, yeah. never mm-hmm. never a rabbit never that, well that's cool and to mm-hmm. start with it well I say to start with a deer, but one little side note, interesting note about you that the world doesn't know. You love venison. I would say so. <laughs> I've known her before she's known herself. Yeah. Every yeah. time I'd bring deer, it doesn't matter, deer, elk, whatever, wild game, it doesn't matter. Before I can even cut it up, it's gone. So you, got, yeah. it's crazy. You saw that deer and you were just thinking <laughs> dinner time. Yeah. Backstraps. I was talking to my dad and I was like, yeah, I want to get a nice buck, but I'm excited for the meat. Like, I'm yeah. super excited to just get to eat it. If, took- if we couldn't have found a buck, would you have potentially shot a doe to fill your freezer? Yeah, probably. Oh, so- My dad and I also talked about that Ooh. before. I was kind of like, if we don't see anything at all and we still want meat, I'd shoot a doe to We get wouldn't the meat. have let you. No. Because I knew that going in, I knew took a little bit of pressure off, even though a uh, uh, first time hunter you don't want to uh, in my opinion you want to get a mature deer still but you don't which this was yeah you don't want to start them off at a 200 inch or so no going, that's in, what, going mm-hmm. in you know you don't have to find the biggest and the best deer just a good mature deer yeah which yeah. this was um and as we stalked in the first thing i did was put him in the spot and scope and i said do you want this one and let her make the decision. I wasn't. Yeah. Like, I wasn't like, "Hey, you're shooting this Shoot, deer." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, "Hey, this is it. What do you think?" It, and she was like, "Hell yes, let's do it." So, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, on our part as far as what we've talked a lot about, and that was a mature, very likely on its downhill side. Yeah. So, the perfect <clears throat> kind of buck to take, especially the kind of 
weather we've had and the, the expectation. So I think on both ends of it, it was a, it was a decent buck. It wasn't a little mini, it wasn't a monster. And it was also the type of deer that you would want to take out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, so I thought it all worked out real good. It was very warm on your deer hunt, which is yeah. counterproductive full to having moon a real good deer hot, hunt. Hot, hot. Yeah. Real full moon, real hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, 80, what was it? 85 degrees that day we scouted. Ooh. And I mean, you showed up, I think a day later. So I mean, it, was, it felt chilly in the morning, but it wasn't. And then just cause you're out in that kind right. of high desert, but yeah. Yeah. It was chilly and, cause you were in a t-shirt. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> slept, slept in a, in your underwear the night before out under the stars and you know well at least tom did <laughs> it's so funny I, I took it home and uh i found i didn't find underwear but i found some socks and some other in, shit in when, I, when i rolled it out the next weekend i'm like tom uh clean up your stuff so overall what how was your experience with your first uh actual you know taking an animal's life i guess i'd say you felt, had, did you feel any kind of sadness or um, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say yes. Not really, to be <laughs> honest. I I don't want to sell me, but I really didn't no, really care. Yeah, that's good. So I, go to this, you kind of stole the question from me as we went through the hunt kind of thing, but fast forward to, yeah, when you, because to me, it's a different experience. You're looking at it from nearly 500 yards away in a scope. So you're walking up on that animal mm-hmm. and you know, it's dead. Yeah. What kind of what what were you thinking at that point? I was I wasn't really sad, but at the same time you kind of feel a little bad, but you're also just kind of like I I got one. I did what we came here to do. Like thankful. it was you're excited. Yeah, yeah, I was thankful. Now, another part to throw into that. How far would you guess that that buck went from when you shot it to where it was laying? Mm. <laughs> Uh, am I answering or her answering? Because I know the answer. Well, yeah, but it, not, <laughs> it, it, well, Clay should probably answer. Not very far, right? I was going to say no. ten, it, 10 yards. It, fell, yeah. it <laughs> dropped and rolled down the hill maybe 10 feet. So can you kind of put yourself, imagine if you hit that thing back and it runs and you got to track it for a mile and follow a blood trail. Don't you think you'd probably have a little bit different emotion? Yeah, I feel like that would have changed things. Yeah. Yeah, you made a good show. I mean, that's why you practice so much. Hopefully, you never have to see that. But most time. Oh, yeah. You hunt long Most people are going to see it. Especially if you you get older and get into bow hunting or, Mm -hmm. you know, anything like that. It just different different things happen in the world. What what was your... Ainsley, you're not allowed to have a beer. You're 15. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't have beer. What was your favorite part of the hunt? I got... I'm going to lay some stuff out there. Was it putting in... And the very first time you, you know, your dad probably got, or maybe your email, I don't know, your email, and it says you were successful to getting out there, to seeing the deer, to killing the deer, to gutting the deer, to skinning the deer, to, um, this, you know, the success of that, to, to being back at camp, watching Bubba in camp. Watch him yeah, so, or, what about the butter bath tenderloins? Is yeah, that is that part the, of it? The food because we got it. You know, I we ate it right then that night. Rank them. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? What maybe kind of go through all those little things there, and not you don't have to rank them, but just kind of as you as you progress through this hunt, do, you know, you were excited, and then you get more excited as you go on the hunt. Tell us kind of how you were feeling through through the whole aspect of it. Yeah, the whole thing was great. I had so much fun. It was really exciting when I got the email because I was out at my trainers and my dad and my trainer were talking and I horse and, tra- horse trainer yeah horse trainer and I interrupted them and I was like dad dad we got a tag I got one he was like really and then he grabs his phone looking he's like oh I didn't get a but <laughs> Skunk, skunked oh, it. I didn't get anything <laughs> and I didn't Clint didn't and Alex didn't <laughs> yeah and I was just so excited because I knew that my dad also goes oh guess where that area is and he told me and I was. Just, just made it even 10 times better and i was so excited to tell you like i wouldn't let my dad tell you or anything i'm like i get to tell uncle clay when we go to dinner and so that was really exciting because then dad and i start talking and we talk about oh we gotta go get this this and this okay we're gonna go practice that was fun but packing like getting ready and that the week of getting packed and planning everything I really was excited about because I'm like, it's so close. We're almost there where yep. it's about to happen. And then we get there the first night and 
it was so much fun because all you guys were already there. Camp was set up. We just chilled and talked about what the plan was going to be for the next day. And that kind of calmed my nerves because it was my first one. So I didn't know a lot of what was going to happen. And all you guys were just talking and it made me feel better. And then the morning getting up, like, usually when I get up that early, I'm groggy and tired. I got up. I was ready to go. Yeah. I was all excited. wasn't tired at all. And then scouting was great because we had everyone looking and it felt like really nice that other people were helping me with this and when Bubba called and said that he saw it I was kind of getting that excitement going and that adrenaline rush and tracking him and then finding him and just getting all set up was also really exciting because you were with me Chase was with me dad everyone and did you feel nervous and rushed at that point I was a little nervous um, just cause it's, I was kind of like, okay, I don't really know where it's going to be, what position I'm going to be in. But once that you was, got there and settled down, that was my whole, one of my biggest thing was like, you don't have, we're not hurrying here. He's, he has no idea we're here. He's not running off there. We got plenty of time. If you're comfortable at this distance, there's no need to try to sneak in and get closer because right. how the terrain laid out. We probably could have got a little bit closer, but it was the it wasn't, sage was the, tall, man. Yeah, yeah. so we yeah. could have a little bit. If but you would have, it would have been the biggest mistake you made. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Because it's at that early in the morning, you got sun coming up, you got winds coming down the mountain, up the mountain, you got everything changing. Well, you got does that you don't know yeah, exactly don't, where they're exactly. at. So there's yep. there's just so many things that could have gone wrong, and you know now the whole day goes <clears throat> however it would would have went. But that was my biggest thing was hey, this deer has no idea we're here. We're good. Just relax. Regardless mm -hmm. of if it goes off another 10 yards or 30 yards or whatever, if at that time you're not comfortable, we'll sneak in another 50 yards. That's fine. But as it was, that was that was my biggest thing, knowing I didn't want her to stress like, oh, it's going to run off. We need to hurry. We need to hurry, you know? Yeah, because that's, a, I mean, everybody's been in that situation yeah. and that sucks because then you force your shot and <laughs> yeah. pull a trigger wrong or do whatever, you know, and it screws you up. Sorry, continue now. Well, that kind of going back, I did get a little nervous sometimes because when he'd move, they'd tell me to get off uh, the scope and just take a break. And I get back on and I couldn't find him. <laughs> and dad's like, what do you mean you can't find him? I'm like, I can't find him. I don't know where he is. <laughs> that's But that's one of those things, man, that you got to learn it. You got to learn it. And even even people that have done it a lot, man, you you think you're looking right there and you're off a little bit and you start to panic and you're looking all around the scope and you, you know, well, that's the you thing because yeah. she, you know, she at the first, the first, when she first got on him, it, she stayed in the scope and it would turn and, t and it just kept st staying in the scope, staying and then behind the sagebrush staying. I'm like, get out of the scope, relax. You know, you're right, you don't tired, eye relief, you know, yeah. all this time, okay. everything. And then, you know, and then it stayed kind of, I even, I didn't get nervous. Because I knew he wasn't running anywhere, but he kind of went behind this big buck brush and kind of had a little little indention behind it where he, he just kind of dipped down out of sight for a good three, four minutes. And then he finally poked back out, you know, 10 yards to the right or whatever. But um, at that time, then she <laughs> she's like, I can't find him. <laughs> you know, Jared is. <laughs> so I, I was right behind her and I could see where she was aiming. So I actually would take the stock of the gun, the butt of the gun and kind of put it, yeah. you know, and then she was, she was on it. Yeah. Well, when you look at like, especially that country, all that sage and buck brush and yeah. rim rock. And, uh, you know, I made, I made a, a comment to, you know, Lavore. Uh, yeah. He's up right by that down tree. And he kind of looked at me like <laughs> there's 50 down trees up there. You, you dumb, dumb son, son of exactly. <laughs> Was that the tree with the trunk? Exactly. I almost did the tree with the trunk. <laughs> That's what I did on. Were you uh, on, on my elk hunt? <laughs> he said, is it the tree with the trunk on it? <laughs> Goodness. Um, do you remember? Uh, we weren't done yet. No, She's still got to get to no, camp. But I'm saying yeah. uh, on that hunt. So you're you're climbing that mountain, and that first part was pretty steep, right? Yeah. Can you can you think back and remember the anticipation? And you know, you're you're physically exerting yourself, right? Do you remember thinking like I, I got to control my breathing? Were you yeah. having those kinds of thoughts? Yeah. Slow down. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. I think that's an interesting part of that, it because you you can get amped up right away, mm -hmm. right? And really get yourself out of breath. Yeah. Well, luckily, like with competition, I've gotten used to 
figuring out my breathing, controlling myself, making sure I'm not getting too amped up. So that that kind of helped with going up there, just making sure I'm calm, like knowing that Clay kept reassuring, like, we aren't in a rush, we aren't in a rush, we're good. So that also helped a bunch. So I wasn't as worried, but yeah, I mean, there was still that little bit that was kind of like... I always, you know, we go back to what dad taught us all, before you get to that, before you get to the skyline and before you go to see the deer you stop catch your breath but it's interesting we got that advice but generally just about every mentor we had hunting was more of the gotta go gotta go go." and they would amp you up so much that we kind of forced ourselves to have to learn to do what you're talking about you know Mm -hmm. that was just that was just the cousins you know i think of the bakers it was such an excited thing you couldn't help but have your heart rate go to 200 and you know yeah. you're shaking just because of how excited they are versus the way clay handled it right which is very helpful yeah that was it was great with everyone there just kind of calming me down making sure that we were good was very very helpful yeah i mean this is kind of a little tip if people were wondering what i was just talking about when you're coming up to a skyline and you know a deer is was there before you started hiking and you lost sight of him and you're hiking to that to that spot you think you're going to see him at stop 10 yards below the rim and start catching your breath cuz you don't know if in the time the 20 minutes half hour 45 minutes whatever it is that you've lost sight and had to hike to that point you don't know if he's walked at you 100 yards or 500 yards away, got spooked, whatever. So you need to stop, take your time, catch your breath, and then start glassing. And then just walk away up three feet because you walk up three feet up that rim, you get to see another 100 yards of the further hillside's vantage point, right? So sit there and glass and then walk. Don't see him. Walk up three more feet, glass again. Walk up three feet until you see him directly, you know, wherever he's going to be, right on the top of that skyline. Then you can make a plan. Don't just go barreling over thinking he's going to be in the same spot where he was. This one ended up relatively, I mean, he was walking away, but wasn't running, wasn't spooked, wasn't nothing. He just was gradually feeding up the hillside. So it worked out perfect. And and everything I think that could help a hunter of being able to see it without it spooking it and having to make a plan from there to being able to get in your gun to getting your nerves up getting out of your gun relaxing everything went perfect i think for a first-time hunter as well as it could have it doesn't go any better really <laughs> well and on top yeah. of all of that but having the confidence and the ability to to pull the trigger at that distance i mean that's, that's the, unique also that's what i was going to say is you know most people ourselves included Never what do you sh- go shoot one time? You know, maybe if you just put a scope on, you're going to go sight in your rifle. You're It's going to be dialed. You might go shoot one more time. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you shoot quite a bit. If mm-hmm. you're shooting, even it doesn't matter if it's a 22 at 50 yards, yeah. the muscle memory of looking in a scope and pulling a trigger and all that, if, you know, if you're, I mean, if you're shooting three Oh sixes, you know, you're, you're, you're shooting a lot and you're dialed in. And that's something that's probably different from many, you know, young hunters out there. Not only that, and that is on top of the equipment. Because when we were growing up, we, you know, three to 12 Tasco hold, hold, 16 inches above his spine her her dad had a, a, a yeah we had a the vortex carometer thing yeah. out there and so the whole nine which which is great dude. which is great it's more ethical everything about it is is awesome and you still have to make the shot you still have to practice you just can't go out there and do it i'm not saying that but all of that putting it together um to be able to dial in the scope like that and just go okay pull the trigger that's what vortex makes you i mean it just makes you a better ethical hunter I noticed on your competition guns a vortex scope yeah. as well. Oh yeah, I got it. Your thing. vortex head to toe. Yeah. You were kind of geared out for this trip. She's she stole all my vortex hats and stuff. Like oh, you don't need this one. Oh, I like this one. Oh okay. Well, oh my. What mom about that ear warmer you lost? Did you ever find that? <laughs> we got another one. Oh, you, you never did found order? it? No. <laughs> I even walked back up after you guys left. I was like, okay. I walked, tried to find the trail, and walked all the way back up to where. She killed him. You couldn't find it and all the way back down. Could never find it's it. It's okay. I lost a buff over on that hillside back in the day too. So <laughs> that was not a good reason. He went to 
Clint had uh, you know, on the, mo- the, on the morning hunt, he was like, "Oh boy, little, I gotta push something out." He didn't have any toilet paper, so <laughs> you know what a buff is, right? It, mm-hmm. His neck warmer kind of just covered <laughs> the face. He had to cut that up and use that. And that well, stayed, that's that's still on the hill over there. Some not too far from where you shot that I deer. I think just about where that deer was feeding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. Oh my god. Lovely. Yeah. You were Did, all decked out, as you say. Yeah. yeah. Look good in that camo. Thanks. You had a nice new pack. Yeah. It, what'd you uh what'd you think about the whole uh field dressing of the deer? Ooh, yeah. Um I liked it. It was fun. That's what I was excited for the most. It was probably my favorite part because Clay just showing me and learning a bunch was super fun, and I felt like I learned a lot. Do you feel like you could do your own now? No. I was going to say it's okay to say no. Yeah. It takes, a, it takes a while to learn. I mean, yeah. what is field dressing? What, what do you remember about it? That... Uh, the you go below the sternum because that's where you showed me was i think you said two fingers oh you're going into some details yeah, yeah. what are you basically what, what what were you making that first cut for what was what was the purpose of doing that getting the guts out yeah because <laughs> that's what deer any game animal right mm-hmm. especially this one not as much because it was just it was chilling first thing in the morning wasn't running or anything yeah but they're very very hot mm-hmm. so you i mean as soon as you can get those guts out of them you want to do that yeah they're, I mean, they're hot in general though to be able to survive oh like you said the weather yeah. was pretty mild when we were there but winter time yeah they're they got their their body temperatures scorching to keep warm yeah very mm-hmm. hot so mm-hmm. that's if you are going to fill dress them that way and mm-hmm. typically we would have filled dressed and gutted him right where he was. Yeah. But I didn't want to get dirt up inside his cavity and knowing yeah. just the small distance we had to drag him and knowing what we had the, you know, the ability to do after that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to gut him up there just because I didn't want to get so much dust. But mm-hmm. normally if you are going to fill dress him, you would do it right then and there, you know, take your pictures, do whatever yeah. you got him, and then and quarter them out and do whatever. Mm-hmm. But that was a good thing I wanted to do with you is teach you everything like you're saying but yeah and you also got one of your prized possessions by doing that technique right by getting up in the cavity oh, there yeah i thought mm-hmm. the by the smile on your face you seem to enjoy that part of it quite a bit yeah getting the heart uh-huh uh-huh oh you got your face painted in blood yeah, face painted. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like that part you're I- not the typical uh uh, squeamish person on blood or guts or any of that stuff. No. Then, really cool. We got to bring it, you know, back whole. Which, well, well that's I was just going to say was the good thing about the way we did it. Not only did she get to learn that technique, even though we, I mean, I don't remember the last time I gutted an animal. No. I mean, we all we did, did my Carson deer, my archery was that, buck. Was that the last one? We, the gutless method is what we do now, and it. I mean, you get every bit of meat. As you would what normal tradition, but you, uh, you know, obviously never have to get into the gut. So just don't get the heart and the liver. Don't get the heart and the yeah. liver, but I don't eat the heart and the liver anyway. So, Amen. yeah. So if you do, if you don't, yeah, exactly. But it's yeah. a great, it's, it's, I'd say it's, you have to do it as necessary with a kid. You have to. 100%. You have to do that process. Show them how to, to actually get one. Oh, yeah. And then the next but one you get, we'll it. show you how to do the other one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also just the idea of, I, you know, the what what you have just done. I think it just 100%. brings home that you've just taken a, a you know, an living, animal's living life. Living being's life, yeah. So, so, yeah, that whole process. I would say that, I mean, if a kid's never taught or seen that, that that's not the full hunting experience, in my opinion. 100%. No, because, I agree. Yeah, then, then it's just... I shot a deer and the next thing I know I'm eating it. There's no Yeah, my like, dad cleaned it all up yeah. and you know I never really touched it and yeah, you know, that's very little bit of the experience. Mm-hmm. That's something I was excited for like just driving there I was excited for if we get one I'm excited for Clay to teach me how to do all this stuff and just learning was I felt like that was one of the best parts. I think he taught your dad too. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. He hasn't even though Jared hunts, I mean I've hunted with him a lot. He hasn't, I don't think, had a big game animal in a long time. He puts in, but Just he can only draw. put it. He can only put in for close and you know very limited because he, of just his work. But 
I don't think he's drawn a tag in a long time. He's a city worker. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> he can't go anywhere because he's got rodeo. Well, that's now. Oh, yeah. Um, I think you told me, like, the last time you went hunting was bird hunting with you right after I was born. Well, really? Other than goose, that, he's never yeah, been it's able been a while. to. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I love doing that. I mean, that's, that's probably, I don't know what my favorite is. I think processing, uh, you know, to the to the point of being able to eat it the first time is my favorite, I think. Well, so it's funny. I was going to say Uncle Lavor ended up getting a deer <laughs> and he had it hanging in the in the shop and we cut that up for him. You boys mind cutting that up for me? Because, uh, yes, uh, I had. No, I don't. <laughs> in California, they're worried about the chronic wasting disease and their butcher shops won't process wild game unless they don't have a spine in them. Which, typically, if you quarter an animal out, doesn't have the spine on it anymore. Yep. But so, but Lavore was lucky enough, just like Ainsley, to bring the whole deer down, which is great. I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're at a point where you can bring the whole thing and you've got a gimbal and you can hang it and do the skinning and all, it it's great. You know what I mean? You're skinning up out of the dirt and yeah. you know you keep all the hair. You know, great. That we got lucky with that, and Lavore got lucky with that. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean. Being in that area, obviously, being yeah. that close to being being able to bring it to the ranch, like he said, with, with a yeah, I don't yeah. even own a gimbal. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, who but. what? Who Bubba? I think Bubba kept saying, "Oh, you know, I don't remember. I've never done this. I've never had running water to wash my deer off. I've never yeah. had a gimbal. I've never had a tractor to lift it up. Right. I've never had you know." Yes, we're spoiled in that part because yes, you mm-hmm. didn't get, I guess, the true experience of having yeah. to gut it, quarter it out on the hill, mm-hmm. hike it all off the hill, mountains. But well, you got your whole lifetime to do that. Yeah, exactly. to have unbelievable clean venison with uh, no dirt in it, no hair in it. With yeah. you know what I mean? Like, well, we just we just did it with my brothers. Yeah. I don't care how good you are with it. We're we're as good as anybody else at it. It's going to get dirty. It's yep. going to get it, the nature of caping an animal, turning it over taking the quarters yeah, off keep it clean. you know we don't pack tarps with us maybe we should maybe that we're dumb for not doing that but the hair and the dirt and stuff gets on the meat at that point and then like you said we're looking for a two liter bottle of water to try and rinse it off we got lavore's hose pushing ice cold 34 <laughs> degrees water out you know it's like <laughs> spring legit, fed from, dude. yeah no it's and so back to what i was saying though is you know we helped them him cut up his yep. and he shared it with one of his neighbors and then you know, two or whatever days later, we're doing it again with fresh meat. It's just it's, this was two or three days old for two days. Had the skin, two days, you know, a little bit of a rind like, you want on some it, of this great, dude. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we don't want either. Yeah, he, he even said you can take a whole one if you want. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not taking your whole, but a half will do for tonight. <laughs> yeah, and they came up for dinner that night, cooked it on the Traeger, unbelievable steaks, oh. and then we had your tenderloins, which, uh. The gutless method, that is the one thing. It, it takes a little bit of skill to get those out. Whereas if, you know, yours were hanging right there on the full display, you got every yep. delicious ounce of the tenderloin. Uh, and your dad did a butter bath, uh, you know, saute, yeah. I guess Cast you would say. On the Traeger. Was... With white wine and garlic and butter. And that was legit. Yep. The, the, the backstrap steaks were good. Now, granted, there's not as much tenderloin to eat. Yeah. But that little appetizer of that had that lemon, you know, garlic, butter kind of taste to it with that little bit of smoke. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was good. I, I'm going to say, I know we asked you, but that was my favorite part of the whole trip. <laughs> Back at camp, eating fresh, you know, two-day hung backstrap steaks one night and then literally not even 10-hour-old yeah. tenderloins and backstraps again. What Nuts. uh, what When we got back to camp, what what did we do? What happened? What What was your experience there now i took a nap when i got back to camp not gonna <laughs> lie you guys went looking for arrowheads i think i didn't i stayed in camp and shot my little pistol oh yeah we did do that yeah we did um, go look for arrowheads yeah. uh six hour then we shot guns when we got back too yeah you can fun. do it all if you want you just have to drink coffee in the morning that's the part of it you forgot to do <laughs> yeah Chocolate milk and blueberry muffins don't keep you running all day long. No, not really. But when we got back, we all just kind of chilled. And then that night we ate and that was so good. <laughs> it was so good. I was excited for that. I was I was really excited just to hang out with all of my uncles and 
just get to see what it's like back at camp and I think listen was, to tunes. Yeah, yeah. If you had to rank like Clay was trying to ask you earlier, your favorite guy in camp, go. Mm. I don't want to hurt oh, anyone's I feelings. Be, I thought it was going to be a quick answer. <laughs> Who'd you think it was? <laughs> Bubba. Think? Bubba had to have entertained you the most. It was either Bubba or Tommy Boy, not going to lie. They one were or just... two. <laughs> Tommy Boy is classic and Tom camp always. Doesn't oh, matter where didn't I say that? At, you know, we were going up on your brothers. I was like, Tom, Tom's fun in camp. Oh, yeah, he's you know? so funny. I texted him that night. We missed you. We didn't have Bubba <laughs> falling down all over the place, and we didn't have Tom playing DJ all night <laughs> yeah, long. And Bubba just throwing people's hats in I don't know what he was throwing, but he just grabbed someone's hat and threw it into the tree. Bubba had the best time, I think. Well, as excited as you were about the whole process, Bubba, because he, air quotes, spotted that yeah. deer, found that deer for you. Uh-huh. I mean, I think he was best more day of his life than probably. anybody yeah. in camp. He loved it. I know. Yeah. I think he was happy because he wasn't bad luck anymore. Like, But we he is terrible he was... luck, just so you know. <laughs> I mean, I showed you a picture. I ain't going to say exactly what we got but you saw the picture of what we got when he wasn't there yeah i kind of wasn't i was there but close enough close enough the you point is he there wasn't either. there <laughs> not to mention the 400 arrowheads we found and yeah. everything else but no he, he did pretty good was, follow-up trip that was cool that was a cool I, that's great bubba spotted that deer and mm-hmm. i mean yeah without that you would have found it anyway don't you think Probably, but it was nice kind of because it would have been later in the day because we were going to go actually to the south, then back over into the bowl where he was headed. So we might have seen him. He might have been laying down by the time we got over there. But Mm -hmm. once that buck bedded down, you would have never Never seen seen him. It was did did you did that kind of surprise you how you're 500 yards away and then you go over there and say how thick all that stuff was that he was. You could kind of understand how he disappeared for Mm -hmm. a while. So when you're that far, you don't think it's that big of brush you think it's maybe to your knees and then you get there and it's like to your shoulders or where they can easily hide when you get down in like those little draws and all of a sudden the brush is taller than you it's like no wonder these things disappear that's that's Uh such a great deer mountain yeah brush is just Mm -hmm. there's so much buck brush in there and then just the sage is just tall you know that's what they like yeah at one point when we were watching him i thought he bedded down because he stood behind that big, probably when they told you to get out of your scope. He was back there for a while. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was and like. And you wonder, you know, because when they lay down, they don't lay down where you can see them. They no. strategically no. lay down to where they're they're covered up. Especially and it's like, did he just lay down? And it was, you know, there was a moment of like, what do you do now? Are you going to sit on him all day long and wait till he stands up? Hopefully he's got a second bed or, you know, something bumps him or whatever. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. a... I got a little nervous for you there at the yeah. bottom. I think we were a little bit nervous because, like Clay said, he didn't know if there was, like, a little drop back there where he could hide in or if he just decided to bed back there and we wouldn't see him again for a long time. So that was kind of nervous. But then he popped out, and it was relief. <laughs> it was funny, too, because I'm filming right from behind her. Uh, Chase is filming on the GoPro. So we actually had three cameras. I forgot. Chase mm-hmm. had a GoPro. I had another camera and Tom had the big camera lens and he was back maybe 15 yards behind us. Um, and the first time he's like, okay, tell me when you're going to shoot so I can start, you know, and he hit record and then no, no, turn it off. He's went behind something, moving a couple minutes later. All right. Tell me again. All right. Tom, you ready? Everybody ready? Okay. Ainsley, you're whenever you want to. Boom! <laughs> she was like, Zero I, hesitation. I am not waiting again for this freaking deer to go behind another thing. I'm ready. I'm on him. And as long as the cameras roll, she was, okay, Ainsley, boom! <laughs> was that Chase's first big game animal? First, yeah. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. He, right after, he was like, do I get it? Am I going to kill a deer here, here next year? I'm like, well, we'll put you in. Maybe. Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, next year is his first year. Him and Ewan will yeah. be able to, you know. I heard. To- Ewan had fun when you guys were processing meat and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Because then at Halloween, when he came by, he was like, I saw your deer. I can't wait to go hunting now. Like, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was all, he was jacked up. Then yeah. that, I mean, oh, I find, I'm dreading telling this story, but this is. Well, was... I was going to say, Ainsley, is there anything you want to say to Waylon? <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, uh, well, let me, yeah, this happened. Saturday. We let it rest and hang in the cooler for, we got home on Sunday. So a, a week, it was hanging in the cooler for a week. And so Saturday morning, 
we plan to process it all with uh, the meat grinders and, you know, sealers and everything. Um, Saturday morning, Saturday, Friday night, I went out and got stuff out off of the six seater out of the coolers and started just kind of getting a little couple things ready. Got the grinders out and set them all up and everything. And um, the deer was on top of the rack of the six seater that was still on the trailer in the side yard. The deer meaning the antlers. The antlers, yeah. And uh, look, Waylon's already getting fidgety. <laughs> <laughs> so I, which was already down to skull. Yeah, it was so already yeah, skull exactly. skull flat, or, yeah. And Kate we had already decided off. that she was going to do a European. She already decided that she was going to just wanted a European for her first one anyway. So I set it. I took it down because I had to get into another part of the six seater and trailer, and I didn't want it falling. So I moved it and I just set it down on the trailer, and. Got ready and put everything else, and that's where it stayed. Well, that next morning, about five in the morning, just cracking light, and I'm like, "What's that sound? What's that sound? Huh?" And I peeked through my curtains in the backyard, and I could just barely make out Waylon <laughs> chomping down on that freaking skull, and he ate the whole snout, the whole all the way up, the whole. The nose, the up, I mean, up to basically the where it starts getting real thick of the nose plate. And know? that's because there's sinus tissue in there, right, Clint? Is that why the dogs and mountain lions eat their snouts off of them? Are they eating that sinus tissue probably? I mean, in the state that that thing was in, I would think it's, yeah, like the tongue. It's trying to get after any kind of soft meat. Ugh. I don't know so much the so sinus, he, but the, just, not si- I guess uh, all your nasal, the whatever. Yeah, those ethmoid bones those up yeah, in there, yeah. they're so thin and everything. I mean, it's just easy to crunch through, right? They're not going to be able to bite through the, the skull jawbone right, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. So they go to that, that tender Real soft as as, tender stuff. Plus, if you get through that, you got the tongue. And, yeah. You know, you got some, you got some actual meat to So to he's eat. out there chomping on that chomping, thing's nose. And I yelled at him then, <laughs> and he just took off, right? And I go out there with a flashlight because it still was a little bit dark. And I just, I didn't start crying, but I was just like, Oh my God! I can't believe this happened to our first deer. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna European it, and now it's freaking. I'm starting. Oh, you can look at my Google uh, search engine that replica skulls, uh, all this stuff, and they do make very awesome European skulls where you can just cut the horns off and attach it in, and it, you basically can't tell the difference um, if you, you know, until you're right up on it. So I gave her three, I had to let her dad know because he was coming in a couple hours to start processing, helping with me. And uh, so we got there, I let him know and he's like, oh, eh, whatever. And he, you know, I knew he would be cool. It's it, Obviously nobody's was trying to let that happen. But so I gave her three options of one, we could just skull cap it and uh, just put it on a plaque and put leather on it like a lot of people do. One or two, buy the new plastic and put the horns on that to where it looks like it would have. Or three, boil it and the skull is what it is. And it's just the story of your first deer. It's all part of the whole story, right? Right. And in my mind, I knew what she was going to do. And it's exactly what I thought she was going to say. And what did you decide? I decided to leave it how it is. Yeah. I mean, it'll be fun to tell people. I could even make up a big story my, like, oh, yeah, Mountain Lion got it when we were heading yeah. up there. We just watched it go to town on it. Like, <laughs> dang. Do you have a picture of it? So I can. I've never seen it either, actually. Oh, you haven't seen, actually no. seen it? Chewed off? She hasn't seen it chewed off. I haven't. I didn't even take a picture. It's just hanging. I now haven't seen it, it myself. So. But I'll take a picture tonight and send it to everybody. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Pretty funny. So I got to boil it. Clean up, and I already have an idea of... Don't got to worry about cleaning out that nasal cavity. Nope. <laughs> but I have an idea of uh, the European mount that I'm going to do for him. Or do a little something-something. Don't let her in on the secret. Not letting her in on the secret. <laughs> okay. A little something-something, though. So in, in closing, greatest weekend of your life yeah. so far. <laughs> yeah. It was great. I had so much fun. I... When we were heading home, I was like, I can't wait for next year because I want Clay to come with me again because just with everyone there, it just made it 10 times better than I even thought it would be. What about an antelope tag next year? Yeah. Anything. Anything. <laughs> the, I, we didn't even talk about 
one aspect of this whole deal. Um, with her rodeo and so much, she only had that weekend, maybe one more weekend to get this done because she has rodeos every weekend that she's traveling all across, you know, Nevada and, um, to get to. So she didn't have a lot of time even. And so for everything to work out, like it did come in Friday night after Jared works a double, he works doubles all week. He gets off at work, drives up there, gets up there late at night. And then, you know, the next morning we're skinning out a deer. I don't know how you can work out any better. And it doesn't happen usually like that. Usually, Mm -mm. but, and it's not, you know, it's a you have a goal for next year you, you yeah. have to yeah. you know you have to try and do the same maybe if you're still rodeoing and mm-hmm. maybe it's an antelope tag maybe it's an elk tag maybe it's another deer tag or maybe you just give up rodeo and become a full-time <laughs> hunter have you tried any of the deer? Oh. No, have you tried any of the deer yet yeah we took some of it to alamo and cooked a little bit of burger it or the sausage what'd you do what do you remember I don't remember fully. I think was it, it was, good. It was it was good. Did you have the burger type, like sausage type, or did you have steaks? I think we actually had sausage okay. type because my mom made some sort of dinner. I think she put that in it or something <laughs> like that. I can't really remember. Well, it's delicious. I've mm-hmm. I've had some of. I did uh, maple bacon the other day. We mixed, you know, put that meat grinder to work. Some of that put bread. The mid, some, some of that, that bread. <laughs> but then put all of it into the mixer. And me and Jared and all the kids, Chase was there, Ewan was there, Fiona wasn't, she was at soccer, and Nicole, There, you know, every time, like we always do, one batch comes out of the mixer, take a little ball, fry it right there, see how it turned out. Mm. Mm, it was so good. How's your mom with venison? I don't know, honestly. She, oh, she says she doesn't really like it, but... I think my dad's going to try and trick her into eating some, maybe. I don't know. But at the same time, that's what we've talked about a bunch before. That's the great thing about grinding up a lot mm-hmm. of your meat. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to have steaks all all that often. And for people who maybe aren't that keen on venison, yeah. either just because they have a mental block against it or they've actually tried it and just don't like it. You know, when you put it in there, you can make it into a spaghetti, a lasagna. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do it in different forms and it's, you know going to get eaten by a lot more people in your family when you do it that way i'll tell you i was gonna i I was gonna stop but now i'm gonna continue just for a second longer because if you don't have well and by well i mean good cooked venison the 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 difference between a perfectly cooked you know medium rare steak piece a venomin, venomin, venison, venison, even to like a medium, it changes it completely. Big time. And we had, we don't even know where these steaks came from because Lavore ended up having some of his meat uh, cut down into steaks and stuff at a butcher. So who we don't know where these steaks came from. But then I was just going to say, when you go from like a back strap to a shoulder steak, I'm not saying they're not good. But it's just there's a there's a very small room margin for error with cooking venison. And that's why when someone says they don't like it, nine times out of ten, it's because somebody cooked it, prepared yeah. it incorrectly. And you can't blame them for kind of going, I don't like it. You know, it's tough. It's it gets yeah, that's, me. It's that's it, why I, the flavor changes. I, I like yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I'm the best cook, but. I, you know, I kind of like that aspect of her because she's liked it growing up so sure. much. And that's her. She's also had her, a, I'm not, I'm going to, I'll toot your horn for you. She's had it prepared by you all the time. You're very good at cooking it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. whereas maybe your mom did not have it from clay the first time and somebody overcooked it or somebody, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. it is going back to what Clint said, the margin for air grow, goes way up with ground meat. You're not worried about it being medium rare. It's, you know, it's got some fat in it. So you got some, you know, lessons that mm-hmm. game flavor. It's just, it's all around better deal for, because you can understand why some people don't like it. Oh, I was just going to say, and maybe if she likes or thought the meat is why she wanted to kill something and then it turns out to be gross, 
she's probably not going to go hunt again. Right. Why, why would I hunt if I'm not going to eat the meat, if right. that's what I'm into? Yeah. You know, I don't care about the big deer or the big horns or whatever it is. If the meat's gross, why would well, I hunt? Or you should feel guilty if you're shooting stuff and not eating it except yeah. for coyotes. I mean, but, you know, you don't want to go out and just shoot things and yeah, then, 100%. you know, yeah. let it let it sit in your freezer till it goes bad and throw it away. You want to eat it. You know what I mean? You So... Like, and which goes right back to Clint's, you know, being able to use the meat grinder and, and grind it up and being able to use it in tacos and spaghetti. spaghetti. Uh, spaghetti? What's that, Eminem? No, spaghetti I was trying to shirt? be Joe Biden. Oh. <laughs> can be one. American can be summed up in three words. I got two words for you. <laughs> yeah, made, made in America. America. <laughs> I, got t- I got two words for you. Made, made by meat. <laughs> oh good lord help us all um but yeah so everything worked out good which let's talk about how you're gonna vote when you turn 18 for a second (laughs) i'm just kidding um no well maybe maybe we should plan this thing where you bring over some back straps and i'll cook them for you on the traeger Okay. Then we'll have a nice big. They call dinner. that a post hunt party, and you invite everyone that was there out there. <laughs> and your dad brings the finest bottle of bourbon he's got. You bring some backstrap. Clay cooks. Me, Bubba, Tom, and Clint and Chase just hang out and eat. <laughs> okay. Sound good? Yeah. Sounds good. Well, kick ass first uh, hunt for Ainsley. You heard us talking about shooting six hours in camp. Uh, when you don't have a tag, that's the highlight of your trip, Clay. Yeah, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny because we we actually went back the next weekend and uh, had to make sure we uh, found fresh twenty two ammo to shoot out of that. I'm just I know I've said it before, but our little dispatch gun this year yeah. is that Sig Sauer suppressed P three two two with a laser. Uh, we shot it again last weekend just uh playing it's just so fun to shoot i i I would actually next time i shoot it i want to shoot it without the suppressor and i'll give you another review because i know a lot of you probably don't have them but we do have them and it's just that's just second to none i mean i don't even want to shoot a gun without a suppressor but it's very cool even probably without it and i'll shoot it next time we go out and let you know full review here in my uh link in the bio but uh (laughs) check out uh (laughs) Check out Sig Sauer if you haven't already checked them out. Uh, we will beat it into your psyche to where you dream about them because they are badass. Ainsley's father, Jared, Reno police officer, swears by them. That's the only endorsement you need. You don't need them from us knuckleheads. Uh, <laughs> Ainsley wants to thank Benelli, Federal Ammunition, Realtree Camo, Thoroughgood Boots, Thoroughgood Boots, Everly Stock Packs some ear warmer company that did not get the good end of the stick there they their product was lost <laughs> I do, up I on do the wanna, mountain i do want to reach out to them uh do want to say that they have we have no affiliation with them they have no affiliation with us and uh I, I look them up it's a women's apparel company called dsg outerwear d is in dog yeah D- sam i'm going to look it up because obviously it sounds for something um D- but S- dsg D- outer wear um and it's all women's camo mm-hmm. and it's nice does, it's good quality and it's super comfortable doing something warm. great doing something great is, is them and obviously we have nothing no affiliation with whatsoever but the good thing about realtree is they are a partner of ours and we don't have a lot of women's clothing under banded and we don't have a lot of deer hunting stuff under banded because obviously a waterfowl company but the awesome thing about realtree is they have so many vendors that use their camos and i reached out to him and he said andrew murray at realtree said let me make a couple calls and this company sent out clothing for for her for this hunt and, and they just requested some pictures and we obviously sent them all the pictures that tom took but um yeah great so, hardware and it's if you read into their stuff they're actually the like one of the fastest growing companies, not just outerwear clothing companies in in America. It, it's awesome. And it's a woman clothing, DSG, DSGoutterwear.com. Go support them. It's, so, it's really cool stuff. DSG, if you're out there, Ainsley, Woodard, rodeoer, yeah. shooter, deer hunter, look her up. Put your name on the back of a rodeo shirt. Yeah. Yeah. They- 
I love all their stuff. It was so nice and which by, when you oh it's a, I think it's in my other truck. It's, uh, a heavy pullover was back ordered and it just showed up in my house. Oh, so really? you have you have another piece coming oh, at you. Lovely. <laughs> so. Clay's got two words for you. Do something good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Do something great. <laughs> See ya. See ya, folks. Enough to get me by. I was raised in an early age when you shake a man's hand, looking square in the eye. I'm real cool, old school, don't lie to me, fool. Ain't a thing about me fake. I'm a modern day John Wayne with my daddy's last name.